What if everything you're searching for is already inside of you? Hi, I'm Cassandra Goodman, and I believe that true power comes from staying connected to who we really are at our core. This is a podcast about what it means to stay true to ourselves and why authentic leadership is such tricky business. You'll hear inspiring real life stories from big hearted leaders. I hope these stories help you to remember that true power comes from within. So today I'm joined by the fabulous Mia Boya. Mia is the founder of One Earth Marketing and also the co-founder of a company called Unicom. Mia and I met, must have been about over a year ago now, I think, at Cowork Me here in St Kilda, where we, we both work. Uh, and I engaged Mia's services to help me kind of think through some of the structure, the concepts and the positioning of my second book, Being True. And Mia brings this beautiful and very rare blend of clarity, vision, and creativity, and this beautiful open-heartedness to the work that she does. And so um, I really, so so grateful, Mia, for you to coming on today and for all the help that you've given me in my small business. So welcome. Oh, hi, Kaz. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I feel exactly the same about you. I think when I first got introduced to your work, it was such a light bulb moment for me. You know, so many people are giving us advice from lots of different angles. They're saying, you need to be more like this. You need to change your routine. You need to change this about yourself. And the first time your teachings just really resonated with me because they told me to find who you are and be yourself, which, you know, in this modern day world of, you need to jump in an ice bath and meditate for five hours a day. It was so refreshing. And um, it started to tear back a lot of the layers that I had placed on myself from all of this unwarranted advice that didn't quite fit me. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to share my journey of how that um, transpired in my life and how that um, little spark of knowledge that you gave me last year manifested into something very interesting and um, very exciting and uh, wholesome as well. Brilliant. Oh, well, I can't wait to dive in and and learn more about uh, how this idea of being yourself rather than trying to change yourself has impacted you. And and before we do that, perhaps I'll just um, give you the opportunity to, to talk a little bit more about these two businesses that you're part of, One Earth Marketing and Unicom. Is there maybe a few more details you can share as context about the work that you do in the world? Yeah, so I'm a very purpose-driven entrepreneur. I've always found that purpose is the driving force when everything gets extremely difficult. So I started One Earth Marketing when I was living in India um, about four years ago. I realized that, you know, the way that we speak and the way that we communicate our words have the greatest impact on the future of humanity. Because when someone starts talking about a trend or they start discussing um, some sort of new idea, suddenly it goes viral. And then you see people in the street, they might be wearing a shirt or they might be talking a different way, or they might be doing a specific action. And while I was in India, I was working in the social impact poverty sector, and I realized this power of marketing to sort of change the course of human thought and mind. Um, So I started an agency back then, 
um, and really picked it up back in lockdown and was working with the UN and the World Bank and a bunch of amazing causes, working with Ukrainian refugee aid, really like incredible stuff. And it was all through social media. So that was one earth, very purpose-driven. And then Unicom was an emergency business. It wasn't something that I, I was particularly thought that I would end up doing, but it was an emergency business in response to um, a lot of businesses struggling through the recession. So I was seeing fantastic businesses sort of fall and falter. And I had this really great network of venture capitalists, of grants, grant agents, of renewable energy rebates. And I had a lot of access to the right people that could source funding for these people, but the, the businesses, they didn't know about funding and the, the um, partners or these grant agencies, they didn't know about the businesses. So I just thought, look, I just want to give something into the world right now that's going to help link the two. So we created Unicom and um, yeah, I've been able to generate so many grants for people that they had no idea existed lots of different energy rebates, people are saving on their bills, they're getting funding, um, and we've just started to branch out into venture capital, which I'm so excited about. We're launching that in two weeks. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I just love business and I love helping people, but I, I also love the whole, like, it's drama, you know? It's, a, it's like this dramatic up and down and stressful and painful and so exciting. And um, it, yeah, you can't really compare that to a full-time job at all. No, you can't, you can't <laughs> can you? And you know, what I love about this, you know, this clear purpose and the strong energy that you bring is it's so, so fabulous to hear these two very different businesses serving mm-hmm. very different client bases, working with very different stakeholder groups in quite mm-hmm. different ways, yet still um, connected by this strong purpose that you have to really make a difference and to help people in really meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. And so if you had to kind of encapsulate your personal purpose what, like what's the what's the essence of that oh I love that question um so and it often gets hidden right because mm-hmm. there is things that the world promotes you for or praises you for and then there's things that you know I would do for hours on end completely free of charge and just do it for the pure joy of it um but I've thought about this I think I have three core pillars um that are really deeply tied to my purpose so I have a very strong humanitarian side. I've worked um, in developing regions. I've really contributed um, to lots of different organizations in this humanitarian sense. And, you know, my greatest, um, you know, celebrity, the people that I look up to are definitely like Mother Teresa, Gandhi, like all of these, um, not so much celebrities, but like humanitarians. So that's definitely a pillar. Um, then I have this really strong sort of, force of this entrepreneur where um, I can be like very switched on and disciplined and I like managing a lot of people I like connecting people I like bringing ideas together and um, really trying to reach my potential and I think I have a bit of like ADHD tendencies there because I can go up really high and crash down and up really high so business has been a good um, yeah a good source of that you know really pushing hard because I'm quite a workhorse in that aspect Um, But then I have this third pillar where I'm also like a certified yoga teacher and massage therapist and Reiki healer and 
um, I just love to like be connected to the earth and connected to people and really heal, um, heal the planet and, and give back in that way. So it's sort of like this healer slash businesswoman slash humanitarian. And these sides fight with each other constantly. And I sometimes don't even know like what wardrobe to choose because I'm either wearing like yoga clothes or I'm either wearing a business suit or I'm either like, yeah, like wearing like cargo gear because I'm about to hop on a truck in the middle of Africa. And um, I sometimes am very confused about who I am, but I'm, yeah, since all of your work, Cass, actually, that was the first time that I sort of started to think about um, how do I get back to like those, you know, like that childlike um, version of myself that, you know, I would do things without being, with being unencumbered and, um, and yet focusing on what is that call that really drives me. So, yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think as you're describing all of these different um purpose drivers and values and qualities that you bring you know it just strikes me once again how multifaceted we all are mm-hmm. and all these beautiful different parts if we want to call them parts or aspects of of yourself that are kind of all united by this core of of Mia and this really I think your energy is quite exquisite in terms of your confidence to spot these opportunities and just go for it (laughs) go for it I know I realize yeah you know what it's all people don't um find I have a bit of a core value of finding unity and variety and people don't really discuss this much because a lot of people try to put you in a box and say hey you're a businesswoman or they say hey you're a hippie or they say hey you're like just go and go and try to change the world or they like you know they'll try try to say like a white savior or all these like really you know they'll try to like categorize you and I just think you know what like say whatever you wish but I deeply value variety I always have I like meeting lots of people I like trying lots of things going lots of places and if I can find unity and groundedness in variety by you know supporting each part of myself I think that's where I'm the most happy I've never been happy just um if I'm too out of balance with one of those sections um and I think everyone is like should have the permission to be okay with a bit of variety in life and um it's a core human need and everyone's like oh human need to be successful but I'm like what about difference and variety and being unique and trying lots of things yeah (laughs) Um, yeah Absolutely. I I think it's such a celebration of our multifaceted nature. You know, it's such a celebration of all the different aspects that we bring. And it's almost a rebellion against the world that is so determined to put us in neat little boxes that (laughs) somehow can categorize us and file us away. (laughs) It's very convenient then to be able to diminish each human to some sort of label or category. It's quite convenient, but it's really not reflective of the true brilliance of our potential and all that we bring and I think that you're just a celebration of that and you know I often think in my own work about harmony you know I don't buy into this idea of balance because to me oh, balance no. is very precarious very <laughs> like don't breathe out or it's going to tip sort of thing <laughs> whereas this idea of harmony how do we harmonize all of our big loves how do we harmonize all the aspects of ourselves and, and what is that, I suppose, secret source, so to speak, that, that is the thing that's consistent between all of it? 
And it doesn't, it comes with so much challenge as well. You know, I went through a long period of time where I would either conceal certain parts of myself. You know, I used to get called a hippie a lot in corporate workplace. Everyone's like, you're a hippie. I was like, no, I'm not. But then I'm like, yeah, whatever, maybe I am. <laughs> um, but I used to try to conceal certain parts of myself. I would um, not wear colorful clothes I, or I would, um, when I was explaining my what I would do to people, I would say, you know, I'd just say, oh, I'm in business or, or I'm doing this. But now um, I'm trying more and more to say, I, because at the moment I pretty much have five roles, you know, I do like this yoga teaching and I do two businesses and then I do like, I like teaching students marketing and consulting. So I have about five roles and sometimes I try it out. I'm like, yeah, I've got five jobs, but I really value variety. That is like what makes me happy. I don't work harder than, the, more, than you. I'm, I'm not like doing more stuff. I just, I'm just spreading um, out in different sections. So a lot of people will raise an eyebrow and look at me like, you know, just, just you're crazy. I've been called crazy a lot too, like lots, lots of things. But um, but I'm just trying to accept that and then also find a little bit of structure in that as well because sometimes when you are doing a lot of things, you can sort of not know what to focus on and you cannot mm. know you like start to pick up all this like extra junk that you don't actually want in your life so um yeah I try to focus on those like core three things I'm like is my humanitarian cup filled is my yoga wellness cup filled and is my business cup filled and once that's sort of done and if you're earning a stable income then you know you can be a bit more at peace with that but yeah Mm -hmm. it's very much a filtration thing if you're a yes woman or man um you have to get a filter and just like carve out the stuff that isn't actually contributing to either like your financial stability your your mental health or your like your joys in life yeah I love the clarity you bring to that because I can relate to 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 Mm -hmm. the the juggle you know I also have many different roles and I can really (laughs) relate and that structure and that clarity and that that boundary setting and that constant checking of you know, is this, yes, is this work really filling one of my cups or is it, you know, just kind of something I've collected along the way that's, that perhaps is a bit more corrosive to, to our energy, to our well-being, to our vitality. Um, that's really great. You've got me thinking about my own work portfolio. I know. I'll, I'll yeah. put that aside for a moment. <laughs> no, it's interesting because you, like, it's a really simple question to ask. It's like, is this the challenge that is helping me meet my goals or is this just some bullshit challenge? Like, bad people bad energy like not serving me financially not serving me mentally like like what sort of challenge is it because work will always be hard but Mm. it's like is this a challenge that is actually contributing to my like my purpose and my goals and my my own stability or is this just something that's crept up someone's really excited convinced you of something and then you're like okay I'll do it and if you yeah if you're like yourself where you've got you know you're writing and then you're coaching and then also job like all these different things it's like okay what like is this is this filling one of my buckets or is this taking away from yeah 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 and I think as you're talking there Mia what what strikes me is in order for us to do kind of that internal validation or that checking, you know, uh, is this is this thing I've said yes to draining me, filling my cup, to what extent is it 
harmonizing with my other big loves it to what extent is it aligned with my values like all of that internal reference checking so to speak that's probably not a good way to describe it but that 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 inner alignment check requires us to know ourselves it requires us to have some sense of our value some sense of our purpose some some understanding that we all have many cups that we need to feel and I talk about our many different cups actually in both my books that we don't have just one cup to feel you know we've got many different cups each cup is different sizes and different things fill those cups and drain those cups and just bringing awareness to the inner territory to the inner landscape um and and to bring awareness and and choice to that I think is really important and not all leaders have that they don't have the awareness um and and therefore they don't have the choice um and so perhaps that leads me on to to my my key question here which is are you able to share with us a time in your life when you realized that you weren't being true to yourself and can you tell us a little bit about that experience yeah, so I have to really thank you a lot, Cass, for what you did in my life because you were the first person that, you know, stopped giving me advice from an external source and said, hey, like, you're okay. Just get to know yourself a little bit more, understand who you are and understand how to work with that. And um, I I charged through your book. I was, um, I... I was at the gym, I was on a bike and I completely didn't realize how much exercise I was doing because I was reading this book so much. And um, I was talking to my boyfriend at the time and I was like, maybe it's not about like trying to get better. Maybe it's just about trying to be me. Um, I went out and I bought like colorful clothes and I did like all this hippie stuff. And um, so anyway, so that was a little seed that was planted. Um, But I'll tell you a bit of a story. Um, So during... During 2020, um, I was living in Los Angeles. I had moved there with a partner. Um, and, you know, the, he, his, his parents were, um, they didn't really approve of the relationship I, because they, of cultural, cultural reasons. Um, I was really struggling to find a job there. I was really struggling with LA in general. Um, and I felt like I wasn't really, um, you know, myself I wasn't really working I wasn't on fire Um, and often when that happens you get I get very disassociative I kind of watch a lot of YouTube or I'll start like drinking a little bit more than I would or I stop exercising even though I love exercising so there were a lot of these things that were happening there um, and like I frame that as when I have this disassociate state when I'm not when I don't feel alive in my life that's when um, things have gotten bad and I'm straight away from myself So anyway, so I came back to Australia, did all of that stuff, um, started a business, started started going on, but I started to pick up all of these layers of other people's values, especially when I started a business. I started to pick up layers of you do a business just to make money or you do a business just um, because you want to like power or status or all of these things. Or um, I started to pick up these materialistic traits that weren't really my own. I started to pick up um, a lot of different layers of capitalism and most of my mentors were men as well. So I started to really um, drop out with my intuition Um, and it got so, so bad at one point that I was like literally in my room staying up until 3am at night, like drinking wine and just trying to do work and just thinking like, what is happening? 
Um, and that's, that was actually the point where I met you and you started, sort of planted this seed of it's, it's time to just be you. Um, so I, I, I'm a bit of an extreme person and I booked a flight to Athens um, and in three days I was gone from Melbourne and I decided, I was like, I just got to get back to me again. And I did, did that in a very big way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I bought a bicycle, bought a tent and rode that bicycle from Athens in Greece to Albania. Um, it took me almost a month and wow. I was just shedding, shedding myself. I was in fight or flight. I think that entire time that I was, I was riding along these massive freeways where there was no bike paths. And in Greece, they have all of these little graves. Um, by the side of the road where people have died in that point of the road oh so one God. side I had all of these graves on the other side I had these trucks like beeping me and I just it was so stressful and then in Greece as well a lot of the dogs they're not like coochie coochie coo cute little dog they're really vicious and they all look like they have the like, devil in their eyes so these dogs were chasing me. I was trying to get through all of these different things. I was camping in olive farms. I was camping on the side of the road. I was, I was doing all of this stuff that was just pure survival. And I had to dig deep, so, so, so deep. And um, there were so many times where I was just praying for my life. And the, the most miraculous things would happen. One time um, I was on a freeway. I couldn't get off it. Like the maps were all weird. Um, I, there was a, cars were going hundred miles an hour and an ambulance pulls up and he's like, darling, I'm taking you in, like, I'm, I'm putting you in the ambulance and dropping you off somewhere before you actually end up in the ambulance. So he dropped me off in a local town so I could get off this freeway. Um, and there was another time where I had, you know, all my possessions in my bag, my laptop, passport, everything. It flat out just fell off the back of the bike. I'd ridden 50 kilometers and I was like, oh my gosh, it's gone. <laughs> and it was almost a moment where I was like, thank God, that means I can go home and, you know, cause I won't be able to travel cause I've got nothing left. <laughs> so, um, but then, um, so I was riding back to find this bag, um, and I was like, okay, it's gone, it's gone. Anyway, so I, I rode the whole 50 kilometers back and it was completely gone. I couldn't find it. And I just said, God, if you exist, give me back my bag, please. And then 30 seconds later, a Greece, Greek couple comes around. We've got your bag, we've got your bag. It's at the police station, we've handed it in. Um, and firstly, that goes to show like Greek people are just the best. I Every time I see a Greek grandmother now, I just want to hug her. <laughs> Um, or Greek people in general they're just so like they're so fantastic they're so kind so generous um yeah just incredible but also it was just this survival mentality um and just kind of realizing all right what do I actually value what is actually me like I was really stripped back to my core um and I started to strip away um a lot of those things that I cared about and I realized deeply I care a lot a lot about my relationships I always have I've been a very I'm a very social creature I've always had big groups of people around my family's really close so I definitely care about my relationships um I allowed myself to connect with my purpose again that sort of like humanitarian side and um one huge thing that 
I tapped into was um, right at the end of the trip. This is really freaky story, but right at the end of the trip, I um, I was at the Albanian border and Albania's um, had quite an issue with people smuggling and human trafficking. But it's a, it's a bit better now, but there's still that sort of atmosphere. It's very mafia-esque. Does a blonde girl with a bicycle completely alone um, at the Albanian border, just trying to get back to a certain point. And this guy in a yellow van was like, yeah, yeah, I can drop you there. I'm a taxi, I'll drop you there. Anyway, get into this taxi. This guy within five minutes starts groping me, starts grabbing me, starts saying, I'm taking you back to my farm. You are, you're coming back with me. And then, and it's completely dark. We're in the mountainsides of Albania. It's freaking scary. And I froze. I just froze. I didn't know what to do. I was really freaked out. And, and then he starts turning off to this road that was the wrong way. And I just kicked up this massive fuss from get out of like the Australian government <laughs> like with you everyone knows where I am no one knew where I was you have to let me out of here so after a bit of a struggle he let me out and um I rode the bicycle like kilometers in the dark um just I've never ridden so fast in my life I was very fit at that moment um but yeah it was just it was just shockingly scary um and it brought up a lot of stuff that um similar things that happened to me like throughout my um uni days and like travel days and all of these things that, that I'd sort of left dormant for a while and then straight after that I did a yoga course so I was really releasing a lot of stuff in the emotional body and then that was the time where I found out about emotions are stored in the body and they lay dormant for years until we attend to our bodies and we care for them and we make our bodies feel safe. So it was this huge eureka moment for me where I started to heal my own trauma through my body and through yoga and wellness and massage. Um, and now I have this like really like beautiful practice where um, I can give these emotional body massages where I can help people release trauma in their bodies and doing that through yoga as well and helping people navigate these like you know, like you have pain in your shoulder um, and you've had that for years and you've done all these things, but that might be suppressed anger that you haven't quite released. And if you don't connect those, that emotion, those emotions to your body, and if you try to think your way through it or you try to stretch your mm -hmm. way through it, you're never going to really get anywhere. So that whole experience of like shedding my life back to survival mode, baby, just going through all of this crazy stuff. And I, I mean, I'm, I challenged myself, but that was too much of a challenge. And then coming out with um, this sort of clarity of like, this is who I am. This is like the core, the, like the strip everything back and here is me. Um, and yeah, I think I'm just this like happy human being who loves wellness who who's fascinated by the body who loves connecting people who loves their relationships um and I also just who just wants like stability like I just mm. I want like I want to express myself but in a way that provides stability and um safety and yeah it was very very <laughs> big moment in my life
And then that's I, huge yeah <laughs> were you expecting that <laughs> wow I, I mean yeah thank you for sharing that story with us me I mean that is an incredible journey that <laughs> you know like being chased with, by dogs with the devil in their eyes you know, <laughs> getting yourself into some really had red eyes and <laughs> freaking frothing mouths (laughs) it was very freaky very freaky stuff people would know this if they go to Greece really scary dogs and I mean the the story of the van and the ambulance picking up my I mean it's just that you know your strength is and your courage is 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 remarkable (laughs) and I think you know um, what, what I'm thinking now is as, as people listen to this and they're like, uh, is there an easy way to figure out who I am without having to be chased by devil dogs? <laughs> <Can> <laughs> no, you- that's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You know what I think it is? After I came back to Melbourne, I started doing half marathons, triathlons, started swimming long distances. Um, I started to tap into the body as a source of um, yeah. understanding myself mm-hmm. and the bike ride set me up for this, you know, I'm, if I can survive that awful <laughs> bullshit, I can do anything. So I think there's a lot to be said in having a goal around your body that isn't related to how you look or, you know, health or weight or anything, yeah. but um, ha- having a goal of connecting to your body in a way where you realize your potential. Um, because within that, if you're, if you're learning to run longer distances or uh, two weeks ago, I swam four kilometers for the first time in my life. Um, and those goals, they just bring me back to who I am because we are creatures of movement and we are creatures of connection. And if you like kind of learn the ways that you love to move and you love to connect, then a lot of other things in your life just fall into place, which is mm. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a build there um, is just around this idea of being in our bodies, bringing awareness to our bodies, because the internal family systems model, the model that um, today informs my coaching practice and the model that informs my second book, um, tells us that we have many parts and that what Dr. Richard Schwartz, who created the model, he calls them trailheads, which is a clue that a part of ourselves has been activated. Trailheads are always sensations in the body. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the key question, whenever I'm doing an IFS session with any of my clients and they might talk about a part of them that, that they feel angry um, they feel resentful, they feel invisible, um, they feel a dread. You know, the, the first question is always, and where do you feel this part in or around your body? That's always the first question, the trailhead. And then we focus on that part. So you mentioned like if you've got a sore shoulder, then not always, of course, we have physical ailments, we have misalignment, we have injury. There's lots of reasons why we have sensations in our body that's potentially not linked to the activation of a part. But almost always people very quickly say, oh, I feel it in and around my chest or I feel like there's fire exploding out of my chest or I feel a tightness in my stomach or I feel a clenching in my jaw. 
and that's the trailhead we follow in an IFS coaching or therapeutic session to say, okay, now focusing on that clenching of your jaw and, and then the, 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 the questions follow from there. So we start by finding the part in our body and then focusing on the physical sensation that tell us that that part is activated. So it's a complete synergy with, with the yoga practices and with this idea of the trauma that we hold in our bodies. And I think, it, yeah, it's just such a, a beautiful practice. And, you know, I used to do Ashtanga yoga very seriously. And my yoga instructor for many years always used to say, most people are just like heads on sticks. No one, no one's connected to their body anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> just heads on sticks. So <laughs> and it's kind of true, right? Most of us aren't connected to our body. So these clues in our bodies that maybe we're disconnected from who we are are, or there's a part of us that that needs our attention we're not even uh, aware of it because we're so disconnected from our bodies and unfortunately we're often taught that if there is some sort of sensation in your body it's a problem and you need to take a Panadol or a Bex and have a lie down <laughs> or have a glass of wine that that actually these these feelings are like not normal and they should be somehow numbed or taken care of so we can soldier on with the job of making money Oh my gosh, I I just want to be like preach girl because <laughs> that was such a beautiful speech and you're so spot on. Everything you're saying is, you know, I, I, I think it's really hard for someone when they're in a state that I was last year where I was a 3am warrior and just watching freaking YouTube and vaping and drinking alcohol. It was, it's very hard for someone in that state to say, you know what, if I just connect with my body, everything's going to work out well. So I actually think it's awesome to start with your vices. So with the time that you want to smoke someone's face or the time you want to... Um, or that glass of wine. You want to drink a glass of wine or when you realise, wow, I've been on my phone a lot more than I usually am. So if you can't start with the body, if you're like at a place of disconnect with that I was, then start with your vices, like track your day. Be like, okay, what happened that made me want to drink so much wine that night? Or what, what happened that made me get so stressed that like, I might've like reached for like, you know, a, a Netflix program instead of doing my usual, like, exercise routine or hang out with my family so starting with your vices and then moving into like and how did my body feel when that experience happened and you can just start listing the emotions you can start saying I was really angry I was really frustrated I was really annoyed and and because you know we often work from our head first even though it's like you know we're meant to work from our body we often work from our head first so you can start by listing those emotions and then and then when you start to think about that, like, where do you feel that in your body? So it's very hard to just jump straight into mm. body work. And, and I, I still, you know, I still definitely am a big thinker. I like to think through things. But um, when you are in the state of, like, um, releasing things in your body, because when you have a, a traumatic event, Sometimes it's so hard or so stressful that um, it doesn't, you know, process properly. So it stores at a cellular level. Um, and then that comes up later on when you get triggered and you get frustrated about things. And you're like, why do I care about this? But it's because like you haven't had that full bodied release. Um, 
so yeah I'd say like anyone who's listening who's like uh great great chat hippies um but how do I do it um it's really like when when do you do things that are not aligned with you when do you start Mm. to try to numb yourself when you try try to disassociate through screens or um intoxicate in intoxication yeah Yeah. and I think that's so so wise there and I feel like they need to recap on that process you just shared because I think it's such a powerful one and so often you know we 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 do turn to things like alcohol or Netflix or online shopping or scrolling through Instagram in order to feel less or something like I realize that in myself like most often when I when I have the thought "Mm, could go a glass of wine now like as I'm cooking dinner it's mainly because I want to feel less of something less frustration less uncertainty um, less loneliness less something is why I want to drink it's really to numb the feeling something that doesn't feel comfortable or appropriate or it's an inconvenient feeling as I'm trying to cook dinner for the family (laughs) you know and so I think um, tuning in, as you said, so your your suggestions there in terms of a, a practice is to say, uh, looking at the vices in our life, the things that we know take more than they give, things mm. like vaping, drinking, buying crap we don't need, social media, anything in our life that takes more than it gives, looking at, you know, how how are we feeling before we engage in that vice? Where are those feelings in our body? And then the IFS modality would build on that to say, you know, I wonder what what this is. This could this be a part of me? If this feeling of, um, let's say, of not not being worthy of something or worrying that I'm going to do something wrong, you know, I wonder what that if that thought was attached to a part of me, what part of that might that be? Um, you know, what part of me thinks this thought? What part of me feels these feelings? What part of me is crying these tears, you know, in moments of real sadness? What part of me is activated right now? And how might I take care of this part? You know, what what can I do now? They're really going to take care of this part rather than try to, you know, to, to, to push it down, to numb it, to dampen it, to make it go away. Like, yeah. what would it mean to take care of this part? And you know, if we, if we're open to those sorts of questions, the answers might, might emerge like, no, don't have that glass of wine. No, don't go on Instagram. I know I'm just going to feel even worse. Maybe I could have a hot bath. Maybe I could have a cup of tea. Maybe I could re- ring a friend. Maybe I could go for a walk. Maybe I just need to take myself off to bed. Like, mm-hmm. but I think that question, how might I take care of this part of me that, that may be, you know, attached to this feeling or emotion we, we might arrive at, at a very different place. So true. And I can only talk from experience as well because everyone, everybody has problems. Everyone's struggling through something. Um, and, you know, the past six months for me has been a lot of heartbreaks with my career. I've, I've realised when I came back, um, maybe I'm not someone who can sit behind a computer for eight hours a day. Maybe I'm not someone, I'm not, I'm very, I'm not detail oriented at all. I'm like, I'm a creative. I love ideas. I love people. I love like real connection. And I was put in this place of your skills are digital. You know, I can set up, set up marketing campaigns and like really quick amount of time. I I can do all of those things. And And it was like, right, for eight years of your life, you've been developing these skills. 
and it's like an eight leaving an eight-year relationship and it's mm. been I'm still going through it I'm still going through my breakup with marketing but um I, I I'm starting to realize like if I am putting myself in this position every single day for eight hours a day I'm sitting behind a computer I'm doing work that's very detail oriented that's very like finicky that's very like techie um, and I'm just completely disregarding this fire in me that is like, I can talk to people from morning to night, like completely, I can understand people's problems. I can help them find their vision. I can really bring people together. I can network, I can close deals, I can sell, I can um, f- help people find what's best in their business. I can connect people, I can network, do public speaking, all of those things. Like that's, you know, that's my true self. You know, I was like a public speaker since I was a little kid. I was a drama kid. I was doing all this stuff. I love people. I love connection. So if I'm behind my computer for eight hours because of this skill that I've been honing for the past eight years that society pays me for, or if I delve into this unknown of, all right, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that looks like. It's, I, it, I don't know what my career looks like without the digital skills and I'm terrified of that um, because that was like my rock. That was my stability for so many years. Um, So as I'm moving into that, um, it's been really scary because I've been trying to let go. So that, that whole stuff comes into play where if I do the computer eight hours a day work, I feel like I need to start vaping, drinking Netflix. I feel like low energy if I'm in this middle period where I'm delving into something new I feel uncertain I feel unstable I feel all over the place so that disassociate experience comes Mm. in so I know what's on the other side I can feel it I can feel this Pocahontas moment coming where she's singing just around the river bend and she's like should I marry Coco Worm or should I do this amazing journey of life um, and go for John Smith. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about my career right now. It's a real crossroads because I have a lot to offer the world and I know what makes me happy. I know what brings Mm. that spark into work and work is so important for people because it's what you do most of the time. If that's not sorted, if your work, if you don't like your work nine till five, that's a big problem because that's most of your time. Otherwise you're sleeping or scrolling or doom scrolling and bits and pieces of other cool stuff in between. If you don't like your work and if you don't like the what you're doing each day, then massive problem. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to solve that at the yeah. moment. I'm trying to really um, move into move into things that connect with myself, that connect with who I am, where, you know, instead of, doing all the marketing campaigns myself I have a marketing team and I'm sort of doing more of the sales and the more of the strategy work or instead of um even how Unicom this business is set up we we don't do all of the funding applications ourselves we we brought together all of these really smart people and brought together all of these clients and we're matchmaking them and that Mm -hmm. is like my sweet spot like this is what is perfect for me because it's not only like a really valuable thing because they both don't know about each other but it's also um exactly where my skill set lies mm. so I think um it's very easy to disassociate and run for these biases and disconnect from your body if yeah. what you're doing day to day just is not you 
Right. Uh, yeah. And what you said a line earlier, you said that you didn't feel alive in your life. I think that's so powerful. And this awareness that we don't feel alive in our life. We're kind of half-light versions of ourselves. We're sleepwalking through our days. And, and so many of us feel stuck in that sort of existence. And so uh, I, I think all that you shared is so powerful. And, and perhaps one, one last question, if I may, as, as I think about you at this beautiful crossroads and you know, so many of us kind of carpet over the crossroads because we don't want to have to make the choice. We don't want to deal. Oh, that's so awkward. It's like puberty. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I hate this. These crossroads, they're so awkward. Like, I do hate I the crossroads. They're not fun at all. It's very, yeah, anyway. But we'll so so, so if, if we bring to mind that part of you that you said is terrified of letting go of this digital marketing aspect of your portfolio that's been your bread and butter for eight years and you bring her to mind what might be the the most loving reassuring thing that you could say to this part of of you um yeah it's it's never gonna go go away you know I'm the digital marketing baddie that awesome those awesome skills that they're all there. They're just going to um, move into the world and show up in the world in a different way. Um, mm. Because the core reason why I started marketing was, you know, connecting with people, human connection, creativity, all of these values and your values never go away. They just might present in different ways. Um, mm. So, yeah, so as I'm letting go of the digital and coming into the real world and really trying to um, express um, my path and my values, I think everything I've been doing, like all of those long nights at the computer and all of that pain and struggle and um, difficulty, that's all, okay, that's, that's all been building me into something um, where... I'm still going to be that person, but it'll just be in a different form. And I just need to keep reminding myself, I'm not starting again, girl. I'm no. just moving into a different different skin or different layer um, that mm. I've grown out of. Um, it's mm. really like when you grow out of a relationship, this whole thing is like a dramatic breakup because um, you're trying... You're trying to hold on to this person you once were. You're trying so hard and you're doing all this stuff, but the universe keeps closing doors on you and there's so much happening and you just feel like you're everything, you're failing at everything. And that's an amazing sign that um, you're destined for something else because it's not, you know, it's not like you're actually failing because if you really genuinely burnt for that and if you're on fire for that thing, um, it would happen um, as long mm. as it wasn't like an illusion and you weren't like, I'm going to be a basketball player in three weeks. Like, um, so if you, if your heart was on fire for something, if you're so passionate about something, if you could do every, do that thing until like for 24 hours a day, then that will happen eventually. But if there's a part of you, your heart that is, um, is wanting to end a relationship with a career um then yeah, you, you'll know because you'll be failing at every time you try that thing, you'll just be failing, you'll be disassociating, you'll be miserable. Um, and yeah, it's time to take what you've learned and 
present that in a different way. Well, I, for one, am very excited about what is going to unfurl in this next chapter for you. And uh, as always, I'll be cheering you on um, and doing everything I can to support you because you're an incredible human doing incredibly important work in the world. And I I feel really honoured to to know you. And I want to thank you again for all that you shared today. I I think there's going to be a lot of listeners that resonate deeply with with all that you shared. So thank you so much, Mia. Yeah, and I just wanted to say to everyone as well, you, Cass, I mean, this is, I just, I see something, it's very rare I resonate with the book quite like I did with yours and the way that you um, coach people and you help them realise they are multifaceted and realise that they are enough and they just need to clear away that junk and find that true essence of who they are there is not enough of this in the world and I'm so I just want what your I want your work to like skyrocket across the world because every business book you pick up it's like how to change everything you're doing and like scrap your entire life and everything you've built to do what's in this book um and yeah you've you've reached you've reached a this um really special place and I think it's come from a lot of your own experiences it's like you know corporate executive really high level to your spiritual work to now writing and the fact that you've explored so many parts of yourself I think you're a really good authority to speak about this because it's not like you were just going along day to day and then you wrote this book you've really done the work you've like you've swam in those murky waters and um yeah I just think you're freaking amazing I think uh, I really want this book to go crazy (laughs) um yeah (laughs) thank you let's hope one reader one listener at a time and and yeah thank you so much I really appreciate your support and your your very kind words (laughs) <laughs> perhaps we need part two of this podcast because I feel like we could talk all I know day. I feel like I, <laughs> I'm like poor people listening but I feel like there's just so much to explore yeah yeah didn't even to be continued so much. to be continued okay well, thanks well, so much Mia guys, have a fantastic day thank you you too By being true to our deepest selves, we liberate our highest potential and serve the greatest good. As the founder of the Center for Self-Fidelity, I am on a mission to help leaders feel more authentically empowered so we can co-create workspaces where people can thrive, perform, play and belong. Learn more at selffidelity.com.